Good morning. Well, it looks like we're not on the air yet, but that's all right. We'll just pretend we are and go on. Oh, it's good to see everybody here. That sun feels good coming through that window. Do we have any birthdays this week? Ought to be one, but she's not here. Right, well. Good. Tomorrow? I got Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, God bless you. Happy birthday to you. Anniversaries. No anniversaries and John's still working on the birthdays. Well, not much in the announcements. We've repeated this one a couple of times. Next week will be our annual meeting and uh, congregational meeting and uh, election of officers. And we almost have the slate filled. I'm putting out an SOS this morning. We need a, uh, an assistant secretary. We've uh, talked to most everybody in church, and nobody seems to want the job, but uh, we're asking for volunteers this morning. If you're willing to serve, see me after church. Mitch, how we doing? Not so well. It's all right. Let's uh, go on and praise the Lord anyway. Let's turn to uh, number 35. We will glorify the King of Kings. Stand sing. We will glorify the Number 171, take time to be holy.
Brother Mitch, will you lead us in prayer, please? kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. May be seated. Our communion hymn this morning is number 260 Come Share the Lord. We gather. as our uh, meditation this morning. Good morning. Good morning. There's two passages, Leviticus 5, 6, and 
Matthew 27, verse 35, talks about uh, sacrifices, animal sacrifices. What surprised me about these passages was, you know, how simple they were. We commonly read them without pausing to consider what the reality must have been. Josephus tells us that during one Passover in Jerusalem in the first century, a quarter of a million lambs were sacrificed. Can you imagine what the uh, temple must have been like? Sights, sounds, and the smells. So over the centuries, priests became skilled at killing lambs quickly with relatively little pain. Crucifixion, on the other hand, was an entirely different matter. Some have seen the uh, Mel Gibson movie, The Passion of the Christ. It generated a lot of controversy when it was released. Whether or not you believe this movie dwelt too much on Jesus' suffering, there's no denying that it was fairly accurate in its portrayal. Crucifixion was no quick knife to the throat, but a slow, agonizing death preceded by unendurable pain. When we pause to consider that Jesus did not have to experience it, we should be even more humbled. How often we've heard that the cross shows us the depth of God's love, and truly it does. How else are we to fathom a love so vast, the God of the universe, through his Son, loved us enough to die like that? Maybe the gospel writers didn't like to think about all the uh, pain and everything that Christ went through. Uh, in their writings, they don't go into a lot of detail about what he went through. They didn't need to be reminded of the horror. And at the same time, it's comforting to consider that we have a God who loves us enough to die a horrible death for us and perhaps makes us want to love him just a little bit more. Father, thank you for this day and all the blessings of life you continue to bestow upon us. We thank you for laying us together around your table again today in remembrance of your son that gave his life for us. Be with us as we partake of the bread representing his body, the juice representing the blood that he shed for us. It's our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's take a few moments and uh, just consider how how great God is and how great a sacrifice he made for us. When Jesus and his disciples were gathered in the upper room to celebrate the Passover, Jesus took bread, blessed it, broke it, 
gave to them, saying, Take and eat, this is my body broken for you. And when they'd eaten, he took the cup, giving thanks, passed it to them, saying, This is the blood of the new covenant poured out for the remission of sins. Drink of it, all of you. And as often as you do this, do it in remembrance of me until I come again. Let's stand for the doxology. Praise God. turn now to uh, number 516 soldiers of christ arise the words may be a little unusual but uh, we know the tune mitch did we make any headway with the we're up all right good soldiers of christ guest singer is not able to be here this morning we uh, understand there's some uh, some illness in her family so uh, the whole 
whole bunch, I think, is quarantined for a short time. So somebody give me a number. 386. 386. Have you any room for Jesus? We all know that. And here comes Mitch, so we won't have to sing it after all. Oh, but sorry. We're but we're going to. Good. Have you any room for Jesus? Number 386. still alive. Can you give glory to God? Amen. Amen. There we go. I don't know about you, but God's good to me. All the time. Yeah, he, he healed me over whatever I had. I don't think I had the, the virus that's going around necessarily, or at least not the Omicron. I did. It was very, very mild, but uh, uh, it's a, it's gone. Praise God, and it's gone, and I'm still here. <laughs> yeah, so I'm I'm grateful. <laughs> uh, never really questioned that I wouldn't be here, but there were some days when I didn't really want to get out of bed. Ah. Uh, So, this morning, fifth Sunday, I will speak on hell. Uh, You know, that's the place where we don't want to go. And uh, so, mostly what I'm going to do is I'm going to share a lot of scripture about hell, and then I will make some comments probably as I go. My scripture today that I'm reading from is from the New American Standard Bible, so it may be a little different if you get your NIV. But Matthew 13, 42 says, And will throw them into the furnace of fire. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. I don't know about you, but that scares the daylights out of me. Just to think, it very clearly says, a furnace of fire. There is fire, literal flames. There are many today who don't believe that there is a real hell. There are many that believe if there is a hell, that there is no flames there. 
That's because they don't believe the Bible, by the way. There are many who believe that even if you do go to hell, you're only there for a while, and then you just are annihilated. That is unbiblical. To me, to say that hell is not forever, it's the same thing as saying that salvation and paradise is not forever. Because the same word is used to describe forever in both places. We'll get there. Matthew 13, 50 says, And throw them into the furnace of fire. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Folks, that's word for word. The same verse says the same thing. Why is it repeated? Anything that's repeated in Scripture or anywhere else for that matter is to get our attention to make us realize what they're saying is true and it's important. You need to pay attention. Why is there weeping? Why is there gnashing of teeth? You're weeping because you know at that point you had the chance to avoid coming to this place and you blew it. I personally think that you're going to relive all the options you were given, all the opportunities when you were told how to avoid coming there. I believe that's going to be replayed to you over and over, the love that was shown to you, and you blew it off. And that's why there's going to be weeping. The gnashing of teeth, when you're in pain, what do you do? Matthew 25, 41. Then he will also say to those on his left, depart from me, accursed ones, into the eternal fire which has been prepared for the devil and his angels. Folks, there's something right there that a lot of people miss. Hell was never intended for human beings. It was originally created for the devil and the third of the angels that followed him in his rebellion against God. What happened is that these false gods, which is what these fallen angels became, false gods that people worship, and they mislead people to believe lies. They influence people to follow them instead of God. Well, if you're following them to the path they're on and their path takes them to eternal punishment, guess where you're going to end up? If you're going to follow, you follow all the way. The same is true if you're going to follow Jesus. You follow him all the way to paradise. I don't know about you, but I'd much rather be there. Matthew 25, 46. These will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. I looked it up. The same word is used both times, eternal, and it means forever, eternal. So for those who believe in annihilation after a period of time, they're wrong. The Bible proves that is a false theology. The Mormons believe that, among many others. 
They also believe that ultimately they will become gods with a small g. As long as they're good enough. <laughs> Second Peter 2.4. It says, For if God did not spare angels when they sinned, but cast them into hell and committed them to pits of darkness reserved for judgment. He goes on there. I don't have it, but it goes on to say how much more? (laughs) How much more does that apply to us? If God did not spare the angels when they sinned. Now, you see, here we have a specific thing to think about. The angels... Unlike us, they don't have this body of flesh. Jesus did not die for their redemption, but he did for you and for me. Angels have no hope of redemption. They're either an angel or a demon. Their choice. They choose. We are either Christian or we're wicked. No, oh, oh, I know lots of good people that aren't Christians. No, you don't. <laughs> you know, wicked people that act with moral behavior. But they're still not Christian. They're still headed to hell. Well, it's not fair. I'm not the judge. Take it up with God. It's his system. And like I said before, When you create something, you have the right to determine what happens to it. There was kind of a challenge given to Job. God said, well, go start your own world. Oh, no, you have to start from scratch like I did. You can't use what I already created. (laughs) Matthew 8, 12. But the sons of the kingdom will be cast out into the outer darkness. In that place, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Again, this is people that are not following Jesus. Folks, you know, what Wayne said this morning goes exactly with this message because Jesus went through all of that He even endured hell for you and for me. Because he loves you and me. He paid the price so we don't have to. He took the wrath of the holy God on himself. That's why he cried out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He was feeling all of that darkness. He was feeling all of that pain, all of that torment as he hung there. You see, his punishment went beyond just the physical. It was also spiritual. Now, we can either choose to accept what he did for us and thereby be permitted to bypass that. And go to paradise with him. Or we can choose to do it my way. I wonder if anybody's singing that in hell. I doubt it. Probably don't feel like it. 
But when we do things our way, that's where we end up. We have to do things God's way. Romans 2.5. But because of your stubbornness and unrepentant heart, you are storing up wrath for yourself in the day of wrath and revelation of the righteous judgment of God. Now, wait a minute. Uh, but what about those who don't know? There's nobody who doesn't know. Sorry. There's no one who doesn't know that there is something. How can you say that, Brother Mitch? We know there are islands in the little of, of middle of nowhere that people haven't been to. Wrong. <laughs> Missionaries have been everywhere now. And even in the areas where they've been eaten by the people because they were cannibals, they still went and presented the truth to them before they were eaten. And even the places that they went, every place that man has ever gone, they found that they had a system of worship. So they know there's something bigger than them. They may have chosen the wrong God, but they still recognize that there is something outside of me, something bigger than me, something I can look around and see the work of God. Go out at night and look up at the stars if you can still see them. Sometimes I can't, but (laughs) just look up at the night sky on a clear night when you can get away from all the light and see The handiwork of God. Just lay in the field on a summer day and look up at the clouds as they drift away. And tell me that you have ever seen an artist that can compare to what God has done. No. No artist can capture what God has made. Some have come close. But when you look at their clouds, they're not moving. <laughs> they're still. Second Thessalonians 1.9. These will pay the penalty of eternal destruction away from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power. Wow. So not only are you there in eternal destruction... Which, by the way, you know, I know the lady studied uh, the book, A 23 Minutes in Hell. And this man, his pastor, had this experience going to hell. Was there for 23 minutes. He saw horrible, horrible things that he described. And God told him. To share that message because he doesn't want people to go there. There have been many other people who have gone to hell. There's uh, seven youth. I forget what country they're from, but they went to heaven and they went to hell. And they described some horrible things while they were in hell. There was one lady there 
who she was literally pouring acid out of a bottle on herself and it was just eating her flesh away and she was screaming. But what she thought in her mind was she's putting her expenses perfume because she had been prideful of her beauty. And she had used her body as a way to get through life, to get what she wanted. And they said that label was written on her forehead. Pride, pride. Why are you here? It's written on your forehead. That acid just kept eating her flesh, eating her body. And then it would reproduce and then she would do it over and over again. One of the young men saw, who was it, Mark? John Lennon in hell. Been many things that have happened. We have a couple of videos in there, Beyond the Grave and Beyond the Grave Part 2. Many stories, including John Ramirez, who was a satanic worshiper. He went to hell, got to visit didn't like it, decided he wasn't going to worship Satan anymore. Now he is a minister for Jesus Christ. So many stories, so many things that people have seen, the suffering, the worms that eat you while you're there. Revelation 9.1, then the fifth angel sounded and I saw a star from heaven which had fallen to the earth and the key of the bottomless pit was given to him. What is hell? It's a bottomless pit created for the devil and his angels. And all evil goes there to be punished forever. Where is hell? Nobody knows. There are many who believe it's in the center of the earth. There are others who believe it's in a different section of heaven, of the heavens somewhere. We don't know. Is it important to know where a place is that you're not going to? (laughs) No, it really isn't. Revelation 9-11. They have as king over them the angel of the abyss. His name in Hebrew is Abaddon, or Abaddon, and in the Greek, he has the name Apollyon. Destroyer, that's what those names mean, destroyer. Revelation 14.10, he also will drink of the wine of the wrath of God, which is mixed in full in the cup of his anger. And he will be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels and in the presence of the Lamb. Folks, we see God and Jesus as this wonderful uh, love, life-giving love who is so graceful, so peaceful, so loving. This is true, but that's only part of the story. He's also holy and righteous and just. Let me ask you something. If I do something wrong and you do the same thing wrong 
and I ask forgiveness, but you don't, and we both end up in heaven, would that be just? No. It wouldn't. God set a system in place. He created hell for wickedness. For those who are wicked, they go there. He created heaven, paradise, for those who choose to obey him. He created these things, and then he saw that man could not keep the Ten Commandments. He sent his son so that because our fleshly nature is so prone to sin, he knows we're going to sin. So he sent Jesus to die for us. In our place, he took on all the suffering of hell and all the wrath of God. So that we don't have to. He allowed us to make that choice. When someone goes to hell, it's not because God sent them there. We know from the word of God that it's not God's will that any should perish. But that all should come to repentance. He does not want you in hell. He does not want me in hell. He wants us in heaven with him. But he gave us free will. He allows us to choose. When we became Christians, did we become perfect? No. We do in his eyes, but not in our own. Why? Because we know. (laughs) We know what we think. We know what we do. You may hide it from other people, but you'll never hide it from God. Never, never, never. He knows. And he's the judge. Not your fellow man. This place is a horrible place. No wonder God didn't want everybody to go there. He didn't advertise it in the word of God as a nice vacation spot where you get warm and you can get a tan. Revelation... uh, 1411, it goes on saying, the smoke of their torment goes up forever and ever. They have no rest day and night. Those who worship the beast in his image and whoever receives the mark of his name. Now, (laughs) there are some who tried to speculate that getting this shot for COVID was the mark of the beast. No. It's not. However, it could be a precursor to the coming of the mark of the beast. Why do you say that? Because they pushed it so hard. They made everyone afraid of this virus because they fear-mongered. They pushed it in the media. They pushed it in the doctor's office. They pushed it everywhere that you're going to die if you don't get this shot. Well, guess what? We got the shot. And people still died. It didn't work. Now there are those who are saying that they put stuff inside of us by giving us this shot. Things that could be used to track everywhere we go. Is this true? 
Probably not. But there are those who say it. Now let me just very quickly make this clear. The mark of the beast will never be something you get accidentally. You will be told very clearly, if you deny Jesus, you deny God, and you agree to worship the beast, Satan, whatever they call him at that time, our supreme leader, you must bow down and you must take this mark. Must. Anything that you have a choice in is not the mark of the beast, folks. It's not. So don't be afraid of every new thing that comes along the way. There are things that's not the mark of the beast that's still wrong. (laughs) Transhumanists are working very diligently to try to hook man to machine. And that's their way of replacing God. They want to transfer their essence, what we call the soul. They think they can transfer that into a robot and live forever. Good luck with that. That's all I can tell you. (laughs) Your memories may be trapped inside of a robot, but your soul will be burning in hell. Sorry. That's the truth. Revelation 2.18, but for the cowardly and unbelieving and abominable and murderers and immoral persons and sorcerers and idolaters and all liars, their part will be in the lake that burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. But wait, I lie. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But I also ask forgiveness. There's a difference between living this way and committing these sins occasionally. There's a big difference. And something else, while we're talking about hell and heaven, we need to make it clear that we can never earn our way into heaven. Never. There is not enough good works. Nothing that we do would ever get us into heaven. Nothing we do will ever help us in God's eyes. It's all about Jesus and his blood that was shed on the cross. When we put our faith in that, then we are saved. Not what I do, not what I did, not what I'm going to do, but the fact that he died in my place. The fact that he is my Lord and my God. And I try my best to obey him. Will I do it perfectly? Absolutely not. I still am human. I still have this body of flesh. But I also try not to intentionally go out and do evil things. <laughs> I think some evil things sometimes, but I don't act on them. Usually. <laughs> Sometimes I get overexcited when I'm discussing something with somebody and I have to apologize (laughs) because I get a little overzealous sometimes. Mark has reminded me of that a couple of times. (laughs) Mark 9.43 says, If your hand causes you to stumble, cut it off. It is better for you to go, uh, for you to uh, enter life crippled than having your two hands to go into hell 
into the unquenchable fire. What, should we literally cut our hand off? No. He's making a point, though, that making a choice for Jesus against hell is very, very important. It's more important than anything else in your life. It's more important than anything on any planet, anywhere, in any universe. There is nothing more important than making a choice, a choice for Jesus. Even if it costs you an arm, a leg, like your taxes, uh, you know. It is more important than anything. If you have to give up everything to follow Jesus, do it. It's worth it. It's worth it. Mark 9, 48, where the worm dies not and the fire is not quenched. I mean, this is repeated, folks, over and over again. Galatians 6, 7, and 8. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, this he will also reap. For the one who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption. But the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. We're not just choosing Jesus, folks. First of all, he chose you. We're choosing to follow Jesus. We're not just choosing Jesus as my Lord and Savior. In order for him to be my Lord and Savior, it means I'm going to do what he says. I'm going to live according to his plan, not mine. That's how we avoid sowing to the flesh. We don't live According to the flesh. We live according to the spirit. We walk in the spirit. Whoa. What does that mean? That means we're holy. We're righteous. We read and study the word of God. We talk to God on a regular basis. And we listen to him. And we allow him through the spirit. Through the knowledge of the scriptures. To guide us in our walk. In everyday life. We still make mistakes. Yes. We still rebel against him sometimes, yes, but he still is there. You know, if you watch every once in a while when you're out in the public, you'll see somebody walking with a little baby that you can tell just started walking. And every once in a while, the baby will stumble and fall. And then they start to cry. Mommy or daddy is always there. To help them get up. Our heavenly father. Is the same. We are the babies. We stumble. We fall. He reaches down. And picks us up. And says son. Daughter. Walk straight. Keep going. Don't give up. Keep going. I'm still with you. I still love you. I'm still here. I always will be. Hebrews 10. 29 through 31. How much severer punishment do you think he will deserve who has trampled underfoot the Son of God and has regarded as unclean the blood of the covenant by which he was sanctified and has insulted the Spirit of grace? For we know him who said, 
Vengeance is mine. I will repay. And again, the Lord will judge his people. It is a terrifying thing to fall into the hands of the living God. Stop and think about that, folks. We're all going to stand before the righteous and holy God, the creator of everything that exists. Well, let me rephrase that. We're all going to fall prostrate before him. We're not really going to stand before him. We're going to fall prostrate in his presence. I don't think that anybody can stand in God's presence. I think that it's, you're compelled to fall prostrate before him and worship him. Even Satan does that, by the way. <laughs> he doesn't like it, but he's forced. Because he is almighty God. He is holy, pure. There is nothing we've ever known that is like God. His essence is so different from anything we've ever known. That's why sometimes when we come so close into the presence of God through the Spirit that we begin to laugh or we begin to weep uncontrollably and joy just overrides everything and we're lifted above everything else. That's just a, a glimpse of what heaven is going to be like. Matthew eleven twenty through 24, this is the last scripture. Then he began to denounce the cities in which most of his miracles were done. Because they did not repent. Woe to you, Chorazin. Woe to you, Bethsaida. For if the miracles had occurred in Tyre and Sidon, which occurred in you, they would have repented long ago in sackcloth and ashes. Nevertheless, I say to you, it will be more tolerable for Tyre and Sidon in the day of judgment than for you. And you, Capernaum, will not be exalted to heaven. Will you? You will descend to Hades. For if the miracles had occurred in Sodom, which occurred in you, it would have remained to this day. Nevertheless, I say to you that it will be more tolerable for the land of Sodom in the day of judgment than for you. Well, that means that... There's an accountability. To whom much is given, much is expected. That's what we're told in the word of God. These people had witnessed great things done by God and rejected it. I don't know anybody that way, do you? <laughs> Folks, we may not see great miracles every day like some of these things that are in the Bible but we do know about them we either believe it or we don't the Bible tells us about these miraculous things and I know people who say oh yeah those are just stories they're fairy tales those things never happen <laughs> then why are they in the word of God and why do other characters refer to those things even Jesus himself referred to many of the miracles that happened in the Old Testament. He referred many times to how he was fulfilling prophecy from the Old Testament. 
Everybody has faith in something. Too many today have faith in science. Too many today have faith in self. Not enough people have faith in Jesus. Self will let you down. Science lies over and over again because they tell you this year, this is good. Next year, they say, no, that's bad. This is good. (laughs) Now, folks, true science comes from the Bible, comes from God. God created everything, so he understands it a little better than we do. Amen? Amen? Now, there are men who don't believe that. They believe they know better than anybody, including a non-existent God. (laughs) I feel sorry for them because the place I've been talking about how horrible it is today, if they don't repent and follow Jesus, that's where they're going to end up. Folks, I don't want anybody to go to hell. I don't want Nancy Pelosi to go to hell. I don't want Joe Biden to go to hell. I may not agree with their position, but you know what the Bible says about that? It says we love man, but we hate the sin. We love the sinner, but we hate the sin. The sin is influenced often by exterior influences. The world, the flesh, and the devil always try To influence us to do the wrong thing. Because the devil wants us to come to hell with him. He wants us to be a part of his kingdom. Jesus gives us the truth. He is the way, the truth, and the life. Without him, no one, no one will enter heaven. We need Jesus But we need to obey him. Not just claim him and hang on to that as a pass. And then live like the devil. No, I'm sorry, that does not work. When we claim Jesus as our Lord and our Savior, that means as Lord, he is boss. If he's boss, we obey. How do we obey? Right here is his word. Through prayer. Through the Spirit, He guides us, He teaches us, helps us to understand this more completely. But if we don't spend time, we won't grow. God is merciful, but He makes the final decision for you, for me, for every soul. I want to do what Jesus says. So that when that day comes, that I die or the end comes or whatever, I don't have to be worried. I don't have to wonder. I don't have to say, well, maybe I'm going to heaven. No, the Bible says these things are written that you may know that you have eternal life. Not that you can guess that you do. So that you can know you do. You know why people say that? They wonder if they can make it to heaven because they're depending on themselves instead of on Jesus. They're thinking that their their works, their life is what determines whether you go to heaven or hell. No, it's not. It's our faith in Jesus Christ and our obedience to him 
Our obedience to him affects our behavior in our life. We're still not perfect, though. We still fall. We still stumble like that little baby. And daddy's there to pick us up. I don't know that I've ever seen a baby fall like that and everybody just walk off and leave it there. That may happen. I don't know, but I've never seen it. And I better not. Because <laughs> if I do, I'm going to have a talk with some people. <laughs> and that don't just apply to babies, folks. I've seen videos in New York City where somebody fell down and laid there for several hours. People walking past them all the time. Broken leg. Nobody would help them. Just ignore them. You know why? Because they're used to schemers who pretend like something's wrong and then they rob them. <laughs> That's why. Fear. One of the scriptures I read said something about being cowardly. <laughs> Folks, hell is a real place. Judgment is coming. Heaven is also a real place. If you haven't made your choice, now's the time. If you have, we need to live it. We need to be the church. We need to be the ambassadors of Jesus Christ as he has commissioned us to. If you have a need this morning, just mind the Lord and come as we sing. Brother Bob. Our invitation hymn this morning is number 370. Pass me not, O gentle Savior, hear my humble cry. While on others thou art calling, do not pass me by, but stand and sing.
may be seated. It's been a great morning. It's been a good morning. Amen. Mm, it's been a great morning. And going to be a great day, regardless of what it does out there. Ah. Let's see. Oh, yeah. I had a request in for a candidate for assistant secretary. Amen. Is there anyone who would like to volunteer? Or do I have to pin, pin, pin Penny down? And, and she's shaking her head. No, you suddenly lost the English language, did you, kid? Yeah. No, uh, just let me know if uh, if you would be willing to serve in this uh, in this position. It's not uh, it's not a hard job, but it is an important one because I may not be here every day, every uh, time we need a secretary. So see me after the service. 